Hello and welcome to another tournament in a tea break. Uh, it's day 12 and guess what? We actually had people playing tennis. Yes. Uh, I'm beyond guinea. Not a raindrop. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, it was quite surprising because yes. it was quite murky mm -hmm. um, and it didn't look great it on even, the way in. It even dropped a few, uh, it had a few drops in the morning, you know, yeah. early in the morning. But, uh, but once the matches began, it was sunny, nice, pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Um, perhaps not necessarily the case for Halep. Um, let's start <laughs> with the def defending champion. Um, so, of course, she came out and was facing uh, Amanda Anisimova. And, uh, well, it, you know, quite unlike the Iga Swiatek uh, match, Halep... I mean, actually, the first few games were quite, were quite close. Uh, and then um, Anisimova had just been pressing and pressing and pressing. Uh, and lo and behold, she got the first break. Yes. Uh, she backed it up with another and, and, and took the first set. And then from there, it really just seemed to spiral a little bit out of control for, for Halep until, I think... 3-1. That's it. There was one yeah. service game where Anisimova tightened up like a drum. The 3-1 game, yes. And, and I will be the first one to admit, and I, uh, I'll go on record, because I am already on record, Ross. In, in, in our Tuesday <laughs> podcast, I said I thought uh, this, would be a, this would be a tough uh, task for Anisimova, that Halep was likely to win, and uh, I turned out completely wrong. And, uh, and so I'll go on record once again saying that Anisimova played an excellent first set, just like you said. Uh, she, um, and, and Halep, she, in fact, in the first set, uh, she committed less unforced errors than Halep, playing a much riskier game mm -hmm. and hit more winners than Halep, which is understandable because, she, again, she was playing a much riskier game. But then in the second set, from about 4-2 in the first set, deuce, 4-2 deuce is, is the exact point, until 3-love in the second, Anisimova played about as good tennis as I've seen in this tournament, except perhaps Conta the other, you know, <laughs> the other day. On behalf but of a great yes. nation, I thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe played an incredible, so I can't put, that, I can't put it above that. But those two, those two sequences are the best tennis in the women's draw that I've seen but in the 3-1 game all of a sudden from the 3-1 game to about 4-all game Amanda made uh, about 7 unforced errors and what that did is it doubled the number of unforced errors that she made for the second set over the whole, over all of the first set so yes she did have a little bit of a of a of a of a hiccup there but at the same time we can also say, well, guess what? She's 17 for the first time in the second week of a major, her first time on Philip Chatry against the defending champion, a young player, all of a sudden squanders a 6-2, 4-2 lead. Yep. And you would think that, okay, this is the beginning of a, of a fantastic comeback for the champion. Uh, Amanda, great show once, once again, but hey, we'll see you later next year. You, you'll have to wait your turn. No, she says she basically made a statement saying mm -hmm. my future is now. And, and at that 4 all game, she even faced a break point, but she hit a very deep second shot, which forced Simona into an error, and then she plays the next two points tough. And then at 5-4 on the return game, if you take out Simona's double fault, she did make one double fault, you look at all those points, it's Amanda who won them herself. So yeah. she, she, she rose to the top of the mountain, even though there was a champion trying to push her down. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I thought that um, I thought that that game was was pivotal. I think if Halep had broken, I think you're right. I think it have been it would have been the beginning of the end. And I think, I think, she, well, I certainly think Halep would have um, would have taken the next set, and then maybe Anisimova would have done it. But what was interesting in press was that Anisimova was like, I knew I had to change what I what I did. I knew I had to change everything, um, and I think that was what upended. Halep because she will have prepared for 
the patterns of play that we've seen from Anisimova, and she she changed something up, and Halep just. It didn't. took Halep most of a set and a half just to try and figure mm. out yeah. what well, was going on. And uh, furthermore, I'm not even sure if she did. Uh, I, I, I have to say that uh, one thing that I thought, in fact, in, in our podcast, in our podcast on Tuesday, I mentioned this. I thought Simona would, would use her down the line prowess, which is mm. you know she's got a great backhand down the line. She she can hit down the line well, and against pe- players who step inside the uh, baseline like this and try to take the ball early, they like to cut off the angles from the cross court ball and and step in and hit the open corner. And yet, Simona, I counted, because with that in mind, I counted uh, for my post-match write-up too. I counted the number of points that they played where Simona actually tried to change the pattern of the rally going down the line only 11 times the whole match. And guess what? She won. Simona won nine out of those 11 points. So why not do it more? And, uh, you know, she tried to get into these cross-court bam-boom rallies back and forth. And let's face it, Amanda was was too good yeah. on those today, and yeah. she 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 had one winner after another. Let's let's give Simona all the credit though. I mean, I asked her that you know she said to us in Stuttgart, even if I go out in the first round, you know I'm just going to enjoy this moment. So I sort of said to her, you know, how, you said that you everything was a bonus, but come on, how do you feel? And she was like, you know, she was she was too good today, just too good. I could, couldn't play my game, um, and also to go out in the quarterfinals is no, there's no shame yes, in that. Yes. Um, as a defending champion, maybe a, a little bit of a, oh yeah, do you remember when that kid took me, um, took me out, and then went out in the first round? <laughs> well, you know, the quarterfinal isn't too bad, you know, and actually Sloane Stevens made it to the quarterfinals. Yes. So let's not and Simona the didn't play bad the, the no. tournament. I mean, it was not a bad tournament for her. It's no, just no, today, no. today things today went sour, but uh, but but it was not a bad tournament by any means. But she did admit as well that still that she's quite nervous, which I thought was uh, kind of strange. But it will, it'll be interesting to see what she does on the grass. Grass isn't naturally a surface that's good for her. So, but I'm she will not be defending the title. I think that's what she was referring to when she said uh, she was nervous. It's the first time she's having to yes, defend the title. Yes, very true. You know. Very very true. Well, on to the second one. Uh, Ashley Barty and Madison Keys. Now, both of these players, for me, have just been skirting under the radar. Nobody's been paying them much attention. All the attention's been on Osaka or Serena or Conta. Or um, the youngsters. Yeah. Or, the, or the kids. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that, again, it started pretty, um, pretty uh, you know, tight. There was, um, there was not a lot between them in the early stages. And then I think it was two breaks at the end. Barty just began to pull away. Uh, and then she maybe had a little bit of a hiccup in the second set um, as she was serving out. She uh, she got broken, broke straight back, and then uh, and then closed it out fairly comfortably. So um, a good win for her. She was. Um, I did actually tease her and ask her if she'd been watching the cricket because Australia wasn't doing that well. <laughs> when I <laughs> she was just like, yes. And I thought, have you have you been watching the cricket? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, they were been in, in a bit of strife. <laughs> I find I find Ashley to be a quite casual person in, in her demeanor on the court and off the court. I, she's know, amazing. Yes, she, uh, she's amazing. It's, it's a delight. Yeah. But um, but now we have yeah. I mean, she you know she was sort of saying, you know, her now it's it's interesting. Her and Conta, I think you'd have to push them into a corner and stamp on their toes to get them to admit that you know Clay, you know. Is perhaps not their best surface. And yet they could be in the finals. And yet they could be in the finals. Mm-hmm. So we have two people that, you know, maybe Clay has not been a good surface for them in the past, but they've obviously rectified that this time around. And then you've got the two kids. Yes. Who are swinging free. 
Yes, it's, what, what a contrast. What a great, uh, in fact, what a great uh, pair of semifinals we have on the yeah. women's side coming up. It's, it's going to be very interesting. And uh, the, 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 as far as, um, as, far as uh, Joe goes, first of all, I like Joe's chances because she's taking the ball early and the ball is bouncing high properly for her to hit. Now, let's see how the weather is tomorrow. That was what I, now I was going to ask you this. I don't know whether we mentioned this before because Sloane Stevens, in her press conference after she lost, said that the that Chatrier, the, the layer of clay on the top would have been very thin and it's quite gusty in Chatrier. When the wind picks up, it's like a little mini tornado. And so a lot of the clay had been blown off to the sides. So you were left with, um, yeah, the, 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 the base the layer of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it played more like a clay court. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, like a hard court, mm-hmm. which I think benefits Joe because she can get... Um, she can get into her game very quickly, get three points off that serve. Um, and, and if I'm and not mistaken, drive. tomorrow is supposed to be windy, is that correct? Tomorrow is supposed to be yeah. 90 kilometers an hour Oh, wind. my word, I didn't <laughs> realize. Okay. So, um, so it could benefit Conta. Of course. If, the top, if that top layer of soil gets blown off, except they are not playing on Chatrier. They'll be playing on Simon Mathieu. At the same time, at the same, the, at the same time although they're all, they'll be playing on Simon Mathieu, Joe also has doesn't have big swings to deal with which yeah. m- which uh, Marqueta does Mondrisa deals with big swings and usually on, in the, on on windy days sometimes people with big swings are not as good in making small adjustments at the yeah. last second as, as people with more compact swings are so that that also could uh, could give the advantage to to Joe but are you, are you going to dare underestimating Vondrosova? No, I, I can't. I can't I do it. I have been saying you know? <laughs> on radio constantly. In fact, the guys were teasing me about it just now because mm. I wouldn't give an answer. They were, could you win it? I said, if she gets past Vondrosova, then yes. yes. They're like, Roz, come on. I thought, no, 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 no. <laughs> if she gets past Vondrosova, if she gets past her, then I think she has a great shot at the title yes. because it'll either be Barty or Anisimova. And also at that point, Joe will have beaten three or four players in a row that have co- different styles, completely yeah. different styles and that's just, you know, you, that proves to you that she's ready for the title. And don't, don't forget I mean, she, so she's the only one that's got the semi-final experience and she's now been at a semi-final of a slam in, on all three surfaces that are available. So don't underestimate what that achievement is like. Um, I think that this Absolutely. match is going to be a three-setter and I think it's going to be an extended three-setter, you know, all, all the way to advantage. Um, I can see this probably like, you know what I'd liken this to the um, the Donovekic Wimbledon one, where it's probably going to be around mm-hmm. about ten eight mm-hmm. in the decider. The, 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 that's a, that's a very um, cogent uh, prediction in my opinion on your part. The only the only way I can see this changing is if Joe comes out and just nails every ball in and, and all of a sudden wins the first set easy. And then Marqueta finds herself down yeah. one set in 21 minutes and doesn't know what's going on and she can't recover and then yeah. the match is over quickly. It, it could that could happen too. It needs that Joe's serve has to be firing. Yeah. Every, everything else in her game falls into place when her serve is firing. She if she comes out and her serve stats are in the you know 70s 80s, then I would cautiously put a half half euro down. I, I, I agree with you. I would add to that second serve returns also if her second serve returns are on fire because she attacks with the second yeah. serve. And so then, then you have the combination of an attacking game both on the serving game and on the returning game clicking and then watch out. Yeah, mm. yeah. 
Uh, and in terms of Barty and Anisimova, how do you see that one going? I see that one going slightly different than, than, than <laughs> Anisimova's match today, simply because she's <laughs> simply because I she's see. going she's going to face someone who's going to give her inside out slices, yeah. drop shots, slice serves to the outside, kick serves to the outside. She's going to have to hit some balls above the shoulder level, below the below the belt level. Uh, she's going to have to change. She's going to have to adjust and change the whole time. It, uh, and uh, and I'm expecting Ashley to have uh, to have good timing, even though even though it might it might be windy. And imagine if if it is really windy. Imagine what a uh, Barty's uh, slices will do. Oh, they're gonna drive you crazy. Yes, exactly. They will stop in the air. They will bounce to the side. <laughs> you know, and uh, so so it's it's going to be a tough day for 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 Anisimova, who who's coming forward in my opinion has not quite been challenged yet. You know, I would like yeah. to see see her play against someone who actually makes her move up and down the court rather than side Yeah, to that's side. true. I mean, ne neither her or Vondosova have dropped a set, but Martic came really close. I think if Martic had, had managed to get the win, it would have been uh, it would have been a really... Oh, certainly get that first set. I think it would have been a very different story. Um, now, on to the, the men, les garçons mm -hmm. de Roland Garros. Um, <laughs> the boys of Roland Garros. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, predictably... Um, our favourite thin white asparagus, Alexander Zverev, like bowed in the wind. Oh, to that's what that's what you meant by garçon, because the rest mm. of them are not garçon. Exactly. They're, uh, they're, they're actually the vieux homme, old um, man. Yeah, <laughs> for, me, for, for me, Zverev <coughs> left it too little, too late to sort of try and mount any kind of charge. Yeah. I think this is probably the trickiest opponent that that Djokovic had, seven five in the first set. Um, but I think after that, even though he was getting cross with himself while he was up a break, yep. come on, man, yes, give yourself yes. a break. Um, you know, I don't think this was ever in doubt that this would be uh, a Djokovic win. No, especially after the first set, right? I mean, I think I think uh, I, I think Zverev never broke in the second no, and third set. So there was not, there, was, there was not a single single break. On the other hand, Zverev served well himself in terms of first serve percentage, and yet got broken so many, you know, well, five he's times. A, he's against one of the most bendy men. <laughs> in yes, the and he's and he, and probably the best returner we may have ever seen. Yeah. So you know. Um, and then of course we have so so he'll be against teams. So how do you see that going? Because I didn't. I must admit, I watched, I watched Djokovic and Zverev. I didn't really see much of Team and Hachinov. I saw some of Team and Hachinov, and what, what, a lot of people will look at the numbers. We'll look at Hachinov's numbers in the, in, especially in the first and all the way to the middle of the second set, and see that uh, uh, he made close to 20 unforced errors just in that first set and a half uh, uh, sequence. But uh, I will tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, Team was looking extremely strong. His unforced air count was very low. I can't remember now. It was either five or six after a set in four games or something like that. And for team, that's a low number. Yeah. You know, team team doesn't just rally. He, uh, he he waxed the ball. And team's serve to the outside is outrageously <laughs> It's outrageous. I mean, he's, I think everybody knows, or everybody who's been following team up close knows how strong a weapon his kick serve to the outside is on the ad side. But he's also hitting these this this wicked slice serve to the outside on the deuce side, and and the, the opponent constantly find themselves way outside the court returning. They better hit a great return, or else it's the open court yeah. on the other side. And uh, so that's working well for him. Team uh, teams the form 
has uh, peaked. I Absolutely. Mean, he, you know, he started the three quarters from the tournament, and now he's he's on top form yeah. right now. I, w- I would I would say that. Um, I mean, it's interesting because we my, something my old mum used to say was sometimes you see the best matches in the semi-finals because they want it so much, and I think we're actually going to be in for a corker for the men yes. because you've got team who could potentially be the only person to stop Djokovic grabbing the title. I still stand by my by my uh, statement that whilst we've got Fedal episode 39 and all the fanfare that goes with that, I still think that Nadal will come out on top. Yes, that's, that would be the logical choice for sure, on paper and also logically. And, and also, you know, when we look at this top four here, and if we consider te- teams' uh, dexterity on red clay, if, if, if the if the ATP circuit was played solely on red clay, team would be a member of the big four, actually, you know, along mm-hmm. with the other three. So the, the fact that mm-hmm. we have these four names in the semifinals is really no surprise. Yeah. You know, the, 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 even, even in Roger's case, well, most people, I think, would have picked these four names at the end of the day to be in the semifinals. So we're in for a treat. Uh, yes, you are right. Uh, Rafa should come out on top on top against Roger, even though he has he hasn't beaten him in the last five matches. This is this is clay yeah, courts. At clay. the same time, at the same time, I would also like to um, underline that this may be Roger's best chance to beat him on clay, uh, because simply because he's rested. I mean, he's he's played fairly well, but he has a little bit of a chance. He he must Roger must win the first set. He does not win the first set. His chances of winning goes from 30% to about three and a half percent. Wow. Yes, he's not going to. He's not. I don't think he he will win three out of four sets against Nadal yeah. if he loses the first set. Oh, but interesting. If he, so he, he he must absolutely win the first set. One chance that he may have. I mean, this is complete speculation, because of the two days rest that they have. Maybe Rafa has a slow start, and maybe Roger gets an early break. Yeah. And ends up winning the first set, and then you know the doors are open for a pretty okay. good final. But uh, but otherwise, but going to going to Novak and uh, and, uh, and 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 Dominique, you want to give it a shot? Or I think um, I think team will take a set off him mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think he may even push it to a five setter. Yes, it's possible. Um, it's possible, uh, but ultimately, I think Djokovic will will come out on top yes it's hard to it's 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 very difficult to go to go against Novak shall we just have a quick little word on the scheduling because already our timelines have gone completely batshit insane Mm -hmm. with um with the kerfuffle over the scheduling so Mm -hmm. if you don't know by now you've been hiding under a rock um the women because of the weather uh, that is speculated for tomorrow. The women are playing on Longland and Simon Mathieu. As I said, Joe's on uh, Simon Mathieu um, and uh, Barty and uh, Anisimova are on uh, Longland. And they're both starting at 11 at the same time. Now, the part of the reason for that is the men's semi-finals, which would have been today, were um, they pay, they've um, scheduled it so that so would have been tomorrow. tomorrow sorry, yes. but um, they've they've done it so that um, there's people that are paid for the uh, for one semi and then the other semi, yeah. and they've put them on Chatrier for that reason. So that because of the way they split the uh, the ticket sales. Now this is a an issue of the organisers doing, uh, and once again the women get bumped off. Now it's interesting because most of the women have been asked about this. Uh, not the other two because obviously they finished um, a day earlier, mm-hmm. but their 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 reaction has been I could 
play in the card park, I don't care. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm in a slam semi-final. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, the players themselves may not necessarily care. That's yeah. not, that's not, that, but that, it's not, that, it but doesn't it, end there, though. But it doesn't know? end there, because yeah. at the end of the day, um, no, matter, no matter how much people want to grumble about it, people have paid a lot of money to come and watch specific matches or you know specific specific scheduled matches they didn't know who was going to be in the semi-finals we didn't know we were going to get eight and 26 and two unseeded but they did buy tickets for a women's semi-final now the fft are going to let people um roam into these courts even even the annex court ticket holders are going to be able to go into those courts and and for them is that fair to the to to the original ticket well this is it so if you've got a grounds pass and you came to watch juniors and stuff and just just soak up the atmosphere and now you've got a chance to scamper into Longlen a five star match (laughs) and Simon Mathieu (laughs) you're going to be going as quick as your little legs can carry you so I actually think that the atmosphere in those two courts is going to be electric oh yes on the course on the course themselves I agree and they're both very nice courts exactly but but, you know we've seen that you know a certain start like around lunchtime we've seen that Chatrier can take a while to fill up so from the players' point of views, if they're, you know, they, they view it as a performance, and I know that Joe's often said, you know, it's, it's what you train for to come out and play in front of people that are going crazy and nuts over what you're doing. Um, that's going to be great for them. Uh, what it isn't going to be great for is, um, is everybody else because, you know, it's an 11 o'clock start. The weather is set to be absolutely abysmal all day. Um, so it could be stop and start and stop and start. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a frustrating day for everybody, I think. And also, Amanda Anisimova is, is American. You know, there's you're, you're ta- by mm. putting it at 11 o'clock, you're taking out the whole American market who may want to watch that women's semifinals. Exactly. You know, you're looking at California. Yep. You know, in the middle of the mo- in the middle of the night, most of America will be in yeah, the middle exactly. of the night. Yeah, exactly. So they're going they're going to probably not be able to get up and watch that match too. Yeah. And, I mean, and both of them are at the same time, so you're going to have to pick and choose anyway. Yep. Whereas the men's stay, you know, it, men's uh, back to back. But, on but the, 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 ma- the main problem here is the is you mentioned it. It's the fact that it's two separate tickets for the men's semifinals, and and, and 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 it's just it's just so hard now for for Roland Garros to make it so that uh, to move the men's matches or yeah. there are times of to move one of them to another court when they yeah. sold it in two separate sessions. Exactly. And the other thing is they're not starting the men until twelve fifty, by which time we're probably going to be in the midst of a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to screw everything up by chucking the women on the outside courts. Um, and have them going simultaneously, then why, oh why, are you not starting the first men's semi-final at 11 as well? Because you know you've got two five-setters to get through in crappy weather. Why are you waiting till actually you're going to be slap bang in the middle of a thunderstorm? It makes no sense to me. Ross Isner and Isner and Anderson at Wimbledon don't semifinals. Even, don't no, swear no, at me. No, but the, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna make a comparison there. These, these, these are guys that played a match that barely had three or four shots, right? In yep. each rally. Yeah. They started at one o'clock. They, there were no tiebreakers in the final set, so they, they finished seven thirty in the evening. Now, I don't expect any of these matches to go that long, but no. if, but if we're playing on clay, which means rallies are going to be longer. And imagine if the first match, so Federer and Nadal in this case goes. By some miracle, 10-8 in the fifth. Even without rain, Djokovic's yeah. match may not finish yeah. that day. You yeah. see, so so I agree with you. Why why start? Um, you know, if they could start at least one hour earlier. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Exactly. I and, mean. And plus, there's going to be people moving out and moving in to the, I know. to, to Chatria. So it's not like the the match is over. They shake hands. The the winner speaks on the court. He leaves the court, and 15, 10 minutes later, the other players walk in. It's not going to be that no, way. No, no. There's going to be a good 30 minute, 40 minute delay in between. 
Oh, oh, Roland Garros, you do you. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we will be back, obviously, to talk about this day of days, you know, semi-final day, um, and give give our views on the final. But as always, you've been listening to Roz Satar, and thank you, kind sir. Murtar Tunga from Tennis with an Accent. Thank you, Roz, for having (laughs) me on. I'm really enjoying these these, uh, podcasts. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Au revoir tout le monde. Au revoir.